Hey everybody, it's Rando from Stormdar Weather. This is the July 4th, 2018 week, and Corey and I are off. Hopefully we're going to be out watching fireworks and maybe shooting some off ourselves, so you never know. Uh, the weather's not going to be very cooperative. We're going to have highs in the lower 90s again all week with uh, morning lows in the low 70s with lots of humidity, kind of mid-August weather. And very little chance of rain. Uh, the ground is getting really dry, and I think we're probably going to start seeing some drought conditions coming back up, which is not good. We'll talk about that next week on the podcast. So uh, we are going to have some, probably some uh, afternoon pop activity show up, but this is not going to be widespread at all. We need some organized rain really, really bad. So if you're out shooting fireworks, just be careful that you don't start any fires or you know catch anything on fire. So that would uh, not be a good thing. So we thought uh, what we would do this week is play our very first Stormdoor Weather podcast practically a year ago. Um, so that will be fun to listen to. So you'll know what Corey and I do when we're not doing storm dar weather. So enjoy that, and we'll be back next week for the next edition of the Storm Dar Weather Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Luna. And I'm Corey Taylor. And we make up the Stormdar Weather Team. Cool, huh? Stormdar Weather Team. We're a team. <laughs> we, we are, are a team. team. Couldn't do it alone. That's true. Well, we have to know this is our introductory episode, so things are going to be a little chaotic today. We have no idea what we're doing. No, but uh, <laughs> we thought we would let everybody know. We of our uh, Facebook page. People know us from Stormdar Weather on Facebook. Yes. And uh, we have over 9,000 likes and followers at this point. It's getting up there. It's it? getting up there. Our coverage area is not only for Branson, not only for Miami, Oklahoma. We cover about a 600-mile radius from this area. That's, that's, that's crazy big. It, but, it is crazy and, big. And it takes, it takes, it really takes more than two people, but we're only two people, and, uh, if uh, Randy's working, I'm manning the I'm manning the radar side. I'm manning the warnings, and he's mm -hmm. doing the same thing when I'm working. So that's true, and it works out really well because uh, you actually have a day job. I have a night job, so we've pretty much got you covered twenty four seven. It wasn't like that all the time. No, no, we struggle a little <laughs> bit trying to get this going, uh, but we feel it's a big public service uh, that everybody really needs to be aware. Uh, from a town, even though Branson, Missouri, is has only 10,000 people, we have over 8 million visitors pretty much all over the world every year. Every year. And we have a lot of people from all over who are, are stormed our fans. Texas, Iowa, uh, who, Oklahoma, have, we definitely. Have, we have people overseas. We, we actually do. We, we've uh, seen some, I, I'm not sure... Uh, why they want to follow us if they're overseas, but there's a good probability they have family and friends in this area. It's because they love the Ozarks or they love the weather 
Or they love us. It's, this, it's, yes. It's a, either of those three things. It's true. And, and what uh, some of the things we offer on our page, uh, we have, of course, we do the 24-7 uh, weather coverage. Uh, we have a couple of groups to the Storm Dark Weather Southwest Missouri and Northeast Oklahoma group. Yep. And uh, now, Corey, you're from Oklahoma. I am from Northeast Oklahoma, the Miami, Oklahoma area. Yeah, and we have a lot of followers from from that area. We have several several followers over there that that uh, are now Storm Dark diehard fans. Well, they should be, because so. <laughs> we're we're here for you. Uh, I, I I need to tell you, I do all the music, and Corey does all the graphics, and, and by Randy doing the music, he actually composed the music. We don't buy our music. We compose the music. That's, Randy composed yep. the music. <laughs> I create all the graphics from scratch. Randy creates the music from scratch, and that's that's what you see on Stormed Our Weather. That that's true. Hey, since we're since we're talking about that, I mean I know a lot of people only know us as Rando and Corey from Stormed Our Weather, but they probably don't really know what we do other than this i mean storm dark weather is a hobby for us yes um so why don't you tell people what you do other than storm dark well I'll, I'll start uh with uh my video background i started in uh television in joplin in 1995 at ksnf television started a master control i was in college at the time in the tv production class and uh, I was always interested in weather because I grew up in Oklahoma, get to watch all the, t- the Tulsa TV stations. And the Joplin weather wasn't quite up to speed with Tulsa. So, uh, but through the years, Joplin kind of uh, spent some money, got some, uh, some advertisers, some sponsors. They got their own Doppler radar and they got up to speed course they don't have the helicopter and stuff like that well that but that's yeah but uh i did start in master control then uh one month later i started as a weekend director i was did the weekends i was barely 19 years old and uh another month or two i was the six and ten night side newscast director i was the main guy i was still 19 years old wow i was still in college uh, but I, I did the uh, 6 p.m. and the 10 p.m. newscast every night, and I did that. Uh, got married, still did that. Had two kids, still did that. Uh, got married. I mean, my kids, all all my kids' birth births were recorded. Well, they, they weren't recorded, but the news, <laughs> yeah, the uh, news team would come film us and introduce our kids to the world every night on the news. Oh yeah, okay. So. Uh, Everybody knew my kids. My kids would be the ones that are answering the telephones at the telethon. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the anchors would bring my kids on a lot. I don't know why. They just did. They liked my kids. But uh, I did that up, uh, for, up until 2004 and then moved to Tulsa and did the same thing. Of course, Tulsa was my bread and butter with the storm chasers and the oh, helicopters yeah. and the and the Doppler, the on-site Doppler radars and everything else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. wow. And you're there 2004 to, when? uh, until my wife started nursing school in 2005. I wasn't there long. My wife, I went, I got a job in Tulsa about the same time. My wife got the broad idea. She wanted to go to nursing school. 
So uh, I drove back and forth an hour and a half to work from Miami to Tulsa. Oh, man. While she was in nursing school at NEO. So uh, we, uh, she graduated. We decided, hey, we're ready for something new. Branson, Missouri looks good. Let's go there. She went in for a uh, interview and was hired on the spot. I did the same thing. I got a, a, the one ads. I was at the old Burger King. Now it's a Godfather's Pizza. Right. They just delivered a stack of newspapers, and I opened it up. Yakov Smirnoff, hiring video director. I went in there and was hired on the spot. That was awesome. 11 years ago. Oh, more than that. So, yeah. Wow. So it's, so you, your career has just been in videography and Video, television. Uh, I, I've directed several uh, different productions here in Branson for Yakov. We bring uh-huh. in the TV truck and set up multiple cameras. And I'd call the shots on that. And I would shoot different pilot episodes that he would send all over the world. But uh, I, I've edited commercials for all kinds of different theaters that run on... Local TV stations, Fayetteville, Tulsa, Springfield, Joplin. So, but I still like to edit and I hope to be editing a lot more with a new venture down the road that I'm trying to accomplish. That's we'll see awesome. How that goes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's lucky for me because you add the video aspect to what we do right. at Stormed Our Weather. Because, I mean, the only thing that I did before you came along was just maybe post a radar image or mm-hmm. or something from the National Weather Service. But now we've, we're moving up. So I'm glad you came on board. We're moving up. We got we to gotta keep up with our new likes. You know, we got to keep That's improving true. ourselves. Yeah. And I know we got some, uh, I mean, so, some projects on. This is my big project. I've been thinking about this for months and trying to get it going. And finally... Uh, it's going so, and I know we'll we'll keep your project a secret right now. Okay. Keep okay. people in suspense. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Yeah, and you mentioned music. I mean, I I started playing piano at I think three and a half or four years old. I was at my girlfriend's house. She was two and a half or three, and she in her garage. We were playing in her garage, and I remember she had a piano in her garage, and. Standing up, the keyboard was just above my eye level. And so I started pressing keys. And for some reason, looking back now, it made sense to me that if I pressed keys going up, the pitch got higher. If I, you know, pressed keys going down the keyboard, the pitch got lower. And just, I picked out tunes at, at four years old. and Playing by ear? Playing by ear. Oh, yeah. Just playing by ear, just, just p- figuring it out. And so, of course, any three and a half, four year old would go and home and tell your parents, Hey, I can play the piano. Right. And they're like, yeah. Cause I was raised in the country and you know, mom thought it was cool. And you know, they never thought anything of it until we were over at my parents' best friend's house and they had a piano and I went over and I started playing, you know, one fingered tunes and stuff. And my mother uh, said, Hmm, we may have something. So they started me at lessons at four, four and a half years old. And, I, it just it just went from there. So really, music has been my life, and now uh, I'm much older than four years old. But <laughs> uh, went to uh, MSU, the former SMS. I played a lot of uh, um, musical theater there, tent theater, and everything uh, arranged. And here I am in Branson, uh, playing for the Hughes Brothers Theater currently, and I arrange music for a 
bunch of other theaters, and that's what I like to do. I like to stay home, sit at the computer, and arrange, which makes Stormdar weather really cool because I'm at the computer. So when there's a storm coming up, I can just go right to it and multitask. So it's weird that we both have creative backgrounds. I'm the creative video, you're the creative sound, Yeah. yet we both like weather. Uh-huh. That's what and brought us together, which is really, really cool. So so if, if anyone's hearing, uh, we did not steal any video. We did not steal any music. Everything was entirely created by Corey and myself. That's amazing. That's really good. Hey, you were telling me a while ago, uh, when you were young, you were actually afraid of storms? I was afraid of storms. I would go over to my grandparents' house, and my grandpa would set me up in his lap. I was probably three or four. And my my aunt's father or grandfather was the head of the civil defense in Miami, Oklahoma at the time. Uh-huh. So he drove around in his what I call a police car, but it wasn't. It had a siren and everything on it. And uh, they told me that if anything happened, that I would hear his voice on this police scanner. They had a police scanner back in the day. Uh-huh. It was it was a little Radio Shack thing, but they told me if we listened to the scanner, we would know before anybody else if there was going to be a tornado warning issued due to what they were, you know, the spotters in the field were seeing, right. the, the civil defense. Yeah. So that gave me a little bit of comfort. Not really. This was before we had cable and I could watch the Tulsa stations and the in the Oklahoma stations, we were watching the Joplin stations because my man and Joplin's I'm 15, 20 miles apart. But um, I would just hide my eyes on every lightning strike. I couldn't stand it. I was I was scared to death, and I I didn't really start getting into it until I was in junior high when I started watching the Tulsa stations. They had the weather wars in Tulsa. They meant business. They went wall to wall coverage on anything and they tried to outdo each other each station tried to outdo each other and they would you know the first to get the dual doppler radar the first alert doppler radar the this that and the other and and they still do that today so that's really what got me and i and i did some storm chasing as well i started in the storm chasing in joplin in about it was 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. I would be on a, a live phone interview with Gary, uh, our, Gary Bandy, the meteorologist oh, yeah. at the time in Joplin, which I thought I was hot stuff. And I probably was because I was the only chaser at that time with live radar in my car. And it worked a good 8% of the time. With 8%? Because <laughs> I had it hooked to my nokia uh cell phone yeah and i'll tell you a secret about those things when there's a storm goes through especially a tornado those cell towers went down fast they the 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 power got cut uh and and you lost all communication with uh both the tv station and your radar so you're out there blind you didn't know where you were and it was really bad if it was after dark which is not a good thing to be chasing after the dark right you can't do that you can't do that in the ozarks it's hard to chase in the ozarks because of all the hills yeah you don't know if you don't know the area you you could have a wreck easily well you can't see what's over that hill right you have a lowering and you can't see it and 
it'll take you out. Oh yeah. Now in Oklahoma, you can see for miles and miles and miles, and you can tell. Okay, I need to go around this thing and come up this way because if I don't, it's gonna take me out. You can keep your eyes on it. Absolutely, and you can get some great pictures that way too. But here, it's really dangerous to chase. That's why you, you know, go out to Kansas, Oklahoma. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, that kind of segues into the the next thing I want to talk about is the the podcast. We're going to have segments, A, B, C, and D blocks and stuff. And so one of the segments uh, is called Wild Weather Stories. And what I've been able to do is go out and interview people and find out their wild weather story. Uh, another segment is going to be um, the special guest. I've been able to interview some really cool special guests that talk about what they do and how they um, contribute to the weather industry and help everybody out. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, and I know because we are weather people, I figured we would have some wild weather stories. I've got one. Do you have one? I have tons of stories from chasing. Most of it was uh, sitting out in a field talking to cows waiting on something to pop up but those were kind of boring but oh, well. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you a story about uh my senior year in high school. Well, hang on because we have music for Wild Weather Stories. Of course we do, Randy. Okay. Wild Weather Stories. I made that all by myself. That was pretty cool, Randy. Oh, thanks. That you know people would pay 10, 10, 20 cents for that. Yeah, they would. <laughs> I would. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so now tell us about Tens your wild weather story. Well, I don't know how wild it was. I was a wild and crazy 18-year-old high school senior. It was the end of April. I was all excited to graduate high school. I had a job in room service on Grand Lake in Oklahoma at Shangri-La. It's a pretty popular resort over there on Monkey Island. Actually, it just now opened back up, and it's beautiful. Anyway, that day, I was working. It was during the week. There was a, a rumor that there was a, a pretty popular band, a rock band, that would be staying at the resort that night. So we, we were able to get on our little computers I wouldn't even call them computers. But uh, we were able to see who was staying at the resort. We, we we didn't recognize any names. They had made up names. There was a band. This band had sold out Skelly Stadium at uh, Tulsa University the night before. The night before that, sold out a stadium in uh, Oklahoma City. Well, that night, there was a tornado watch issued. And uh, I was still in the... Uh, kind of uh I, I i was in the phase of i didn't know for sure if i liked the weather if i didn't like the weather because i i had no access to tv that night i was in what we call the uh i forget what we called it but it had a bowling alley this whole band rented out the bowling alley and i was their personal servant for the night so we were about two hours into their, uh, I'll just call it a binge. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> there are a lot of smoke in the room that night. But uh, 
then the uh, tornado signs started going off. Uh, Five minutes later, the lights went off. Oh, man. I had never seen uh, more scared people in my life. This band was freaking out. They were scared to death. They weren't from around the Midwest, so they didn't... They, they, they were never in a tornado warning. They don't have this in California or wherever it is. Oh, so from. they had no idea what was going on. They thought we were... In the, in the line, in the path of the storm, which I couldn't tell them whether we were or not because our lights went out and I was freaking out myself, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> so, anyway, but by the way, the band was the Black Crows. They were very, very popular in the 90s. Look them up. But um, the lights ended up coming back on. They were still freaked out. We were there until probably 2 or 3 in the morning. I had school the next day. But, uh, I took very, very good care of them. They actually paid me enough money. I had just got a new car for my graduation gift from my parents, and they paid me enough money and a tip to buy a an alarm system for the car. So it was like $500 tip for just that one night. Wow. That band. You wow. treat a band nice during a tornado warning, I'll tell you what. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that was my – it's not really wild, but it was a fun memory that I'm going to remember. Uh, the funnest tornado warning I've ever been in, that's for sure. Wow. Yeah, I bet. I mean, especially if you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And that's the scariest thing. Was it at night, did you say? Was it was, it? yeah, it was between 7 and 10 at night was oh. when, when it hit. Oh. They had rented out their, they, they had, they, this is a public venue, but they rented out the entire place just for the four band members so they could do whatever went. Of course, they had, yeah. They had roadies and girls, you know, they, they were the, it was what you would see. It was in the a, band, yeah. Right. So, uh, and they, they had a huge speaker system. It was just an odd feeling when the lights went down, their music went down, their bowling alley stopped working, and they acted like scared little kids. Oh. You know, I might I might have done that too. Of course, I would probably be outside watching. And I would have if I could have, but I was busy was, making well, money. Yeah, <laughs> that's more important. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, you want to hear my weather story? Okay. This is not a tornado story. This is a winter story. I mean, we always focus on severe weather. Well, severe doesn't necessarily have to be thunderstorm or tornado. It could be winter. It could be ice. It could be, well, it can't be earthquakes. That's not weather. But anyway, my story is, uh, of course, I live in Branson, and my wife had a doctor's appointment in Springfield. This was, I think, January, probably January or February. It was, it was definitely winter months. And I knew a day or so before uh, a, a heavy snow warning, this is back when they still had heavy snow warnings, uh, was in effect that a front was moving in. The snow was going to start about 5 p.m. and snow and just probably get four to six inches. And I thought, okay, well, her appointment is at one o'clock in Springfield. And I thought, well, let's do it. We'll be fine. Famous last words. Fam- yeah, famous last words. Exactly. So here we go. And her blue rear wheel drive pickup truck. Oops. On the way to Springfield. We we get ready to go in. Uh, well, we, we get in. It's a Feral Duncan Clinic. And we were sitting in the waiting room about ready to get called in. And I look outside and it was starting to snow. Snowflakes as big as half dollars just coming down. And I thought, okay, this is weird because this whole thing is not supposed to start until five o'clock. 
Well, we go in. Uh, she gets through at her appointment. We get back out. It's about 1.30. We go out to, to the truck, and it is really starting to snow. And I said, we have got to get out of here. The snow became heavy. We were trying to get back on Highway 65 to go home. We got to Ozark. The snow had already accumulated a couple of, well, at least an inch. The ground was becoming white, and the snow was so heavy, so heavy, we were thinking, okay, what do we do? Do we ride out this, you know, do we stop in Ozark, get a hotel, wait till tomorrow? Do we try to go home? Well, we had a little dog, uh, actually an old dog that probably needed outside. So we decided, okay, we're going. And so we passed the Ozark exit, going to the Highlandville exit. At this point, the roads were becoming white. Mm-hmm. Okay, now remember, we left Springfield at 1.30, Traffic suddenly stopped. It is snowing like crazy, and traffic is stopped. And wow. the plows could not even get out. And so we were, they were, the traffic was stopped for a while, then they would inch and inch. And it was coming down so fast. You know, when you drive into, drive, you, the, the, your tires make tracks in mm-hmm. the road, and you can kind of drive in those tracks. And they were just being covered up so fast. So this goes on. Traffic became stopped. Was this before or after it? was expanded to four lanes the entire way. How long ago this was this? was this was after it after the four lanes. Okay. But That's not good. long after. Right. <laughs> this was crazy. <clears throat> so, we stop and we were stopped for about an hour and everybody was stopped in there and we were waiting and waiting and waiting and I didn't know what to do. I got out. I thought, "Okay, we have a back wheel drive." I just tried my best. I got out and was was taking snow and trying to put snow into the, you know, to the the back so it would weight it down or whatever. And we inched and inched and inched. And finally, the road grader came by. Now, at this point, it's about 4 o'clock, maybe 4.30. We're going, barely. Now, if anybody doesn't really know the distance between Springfield and Branson, on a normal day, it's about a 40 maybe a 45 minute drive depending on traffic depending yeah depending on traffic depending on when you go right right well since it's winter the sun sets earlier so it was because we were we were just inching along we got home to make a long story short we got into branson at 8 30 that night now remember wow. we left at 1 30 that is what five hours yeah that's Seven. insane. Yeah, or, yeah it, it was a long time. When we got into Branson, the snow had already accumulated about six to seven inches, and it was still coming down. And we lived just outside of Branson, so we were like, how are we going to get home? Very long story short, it was 9.30 when we s- sailed, slid into my driveway. It was insane, and that was that was a bad on the National Weather Service because the whole thing wasn't supposed to start until five o'clock, but it started at one. That just shows goes to show what people will do for their fur babies. That's true. <laughs> That's I don't true. know that I would have done it. I would have been in a ditch. Us Oklahomans, we don't drive in the snow. You don't drive long. in the snow. <laughs> first year, I the first year I was here, uh, I was picking my son up from school. Mm-hmm. And I had my first snow wreck right there in front of the school. I ran right into somebody. Oh, man. And, uh, it had only been snowing for a good, you know, 
30 minutes or so, but I was turning the corner, she was there, and my car didn't stop, and <laughs> slammed right into her. And that was the last I ever seen that person. She didn't file with insurance. She didn't do anything. It was like, huh, whatever. But uh, wow, I uh, just don't like the snow. Um, I don't like ice more. There's I mean, a lot, a lot of people that like the snow around here, and and I understand why. But people think they know how to drive, and sometimes they don't know how to drive. That's now, true. This is not something we've had to worry about the past couple of years. Exactly. We've had a pretty warm winter. Uh, we had just a little snow last winter, didn't we? We, Yeah, it wasn't much at all. Yeah, and we do our winter weather outlooks based on what the El Nino is. That's something else that we talk about. Speaking of El Nino and La Nina and all that stuff, another segment that we're going to have on the podcast is Weather School. I know we've got a lot of messages on our Facebook page for Weather School, and I do a Weather School every now and then. So when we get to next week's podcast, we will have a pre-record Weather School. I've got tons of them uh, we're going to drop in here. So uh, that's going to be really exciting, I think. It's Weather School. It's no... You're, you're, you're spreading the knowledge, Randy. It's a good thing. Well, it's lots of research. Let's put it that way. Okay. And the last segment, which I think we're going to close out the podcast with today, is weather myths. Weather myths. There are so many weather myths, and we have found a ton of them. And, Corey, I think you have... Give us a weather myth. The squirrel nests, if they're high, they indicate a heavy snow in the winter. Um, That's true. Uh, what do you think? I don't think it is. Well, it's the same with the persimmon seeds, you know. That's true. We did our winter weather outlook on that. Too. People have gone by those persimmon seeds for hundreds of years. You know, yes. our, the Ozark pioneers. Uh, they they talk about it a lot in the old farmers almanac, and and people swear by it. They really do. They really do. It hasn't worked out in Branson here lately. Uh, it's been pretty much the opposite of what it says it's going to be. I think it's the, true. We've got spoons. Spoons are the spoons ones that's supposed to say, years. yeah, spoons. And we've had maybe a spoonful of snow sure. <laughs> to do that. Hey, how about this? Lightning never strikes the same place twice. Well, I know that's a myth. Yeah. How many times the Empire State Building's been struck? Oh, I, uh, true. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Golf courses. I mean, it's just, that's a thing that lightning, lightning only, it, lightning is like water. Water won't take the shortest path. It'll take the easiest path. So if you've got some something electrical that's... Sticking up. Yeah. Absolutely. I wonder how many times the uh, Shepherd of the Hills Tower has been struck out there. It kind of sticks Oh, up. I can't imagine. Um, I know some uh, of the rides at Silver Dollar City have been struck uh, by lightning before. Mm -hmm. um, the taller ones, anyway. I don't think the showboat has been struck. I mean, that that's the last place you want to be is on the oh, water. Absolutely. Yeah. Or on a golf course. You're just a lightning rod that's, if you go That's where there. you get most of your, your deaths from lightning strikes is those golf courses. People need to get off of those because lightning can strike way in advance of a storm. Miles. Absolutely. Miles. That's why they say if you hear thunder, you need to get, you need to get undercover. Yeah, when thunder roars, go and indoors. Yeah. And don't hide under a metal... Uh, don't what hide do under those? a tree either, yeah, because like I said, like we said, those trees are the easiest. That's the first thing that the lightning's going to hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I tell you, this has been fun for our first introductory episode. I think this is going to be good. So next week, we will have our normal format where we won't be blubbering idiots. We'll, we'll actually have a structure. This will be informative. Uh, I've certainly had fun. Have you had fun? Oh, this is great. Well, good. So, okay, so be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to comment on our posts to have us show up in your newsfeed. So, Corey, let's have everyone join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Podcast.